but it's so wonderful to join together on Easter morning that we can exclaim together that he is risen. He is risen. He's risen indeed. And to think about the resurrection as we really reflect on what that means for us today, it, it really means everything. That death no longer has the sting and the permanent effect it once had. That we can live in freedom from sin and live in this new life with Jesus. In reading the, the Easter story, the account of the resurrection, we know that this wasn't an event that just happened one day at one time, but this really was a change in the whole trajectory of the world and the lives of people forever. That 2,000 years ago, Jesus rose from the grave, but it means just as much to, it, much as, to us now as it did for the people then. That there was a great ripple effect of Easter that affected all the people of that time and now has affected everyone through the generations and the centuries and the millennia all the way till now. That we gather today because we understand the effects of the resurrection of Jesus. That Easter truly was the day that changed the world forever. And today we celebrate the most significant aspect of our faith. The resurrection of Jesus, and we read in the scripture that if there was no resurrection, that every other part of our faith would not matter. That Jesus would have come for nothing if he didn't resurrect from the dead. But he did that morning. And I said that, as I said, the impacts have been felt around the world, and all of us who have faith in Christ feel the effects today. The great ripple effect of Easter. So we're going to read that account uh, in the book of Matthew, if you're not open there already. Turn to Matthew 28. We're going to read that resurrection account of Jesus. But before we read, join me in prayer this morning as we just commit this time to the Lord and ask that he would speak into our lives. Pray with me. So Lord, we thank you for all you have done, uh, God, all you did on the cross and uh, Lord, we pray that uh, as we examine our hearts today, uh, that we would uh, know truly, deeply what the resurrection means to each one of us, how it impacts our lives both now and forever. And God, I pray through this that you would renew into us the joy of our salvation, that you would strengthen our faith, and that you would deepen the love we have for you as we understand your deep great and profound love for us. So God, I just pray in this moment, through your Holy Spirit, you speak to each one of us. And we pray this now in your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's read together Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb there was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. 
Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. It's pretty clear the impact that the risen Savior had on the people there. But today as we look at the ripple effects of Easter and the ways that it impacted the people, the world, and the world today, we understand it wasn't just the people that felt the effect of Easter that morning. We understand the earth itself felt the effects of the resurrection. That when Jesus was raised from the dead, there was a violent earthquake. Now, if you've been uh, reading through the story of, of the death and resurrection of Jesus, you know that this was actually the second earthquake in about three days. That on Good Friday, there was a, an earthquake at the death of Jesus, but now there's another earthquake at the resurrection, and creation itself is testifying to the cosmic significance and the divine power of the resurrection. The earth itself felt the effects of Easter. And when the earth shook at, at the death of Jesus, it was shaking in sorrow, but now the earth is trembling with joy as Jesus is raised from the grave. Now, both of these had profound impact in many ways. And we know that earthquakes in this area were not entirely uncommon. There's, there were and still are earthquakes in this area, but the timing of these earthquakes were undeniable. That Jesus, as he died on the cross, in his last breath said, Father, unto you I commit my spirit. And after his last breath, the earth shook. And we read that the rocks split, that the veil of the temple was torn in two, and that the graves of the saints or the faithful opened up. And now this earthquake, as the angel was descending to the grave, it trembled again. I think signifying how powerful this resurrection was of Jesus. And we also know that at this time, the resurrection was so powerful over the land that those those saints that the graves opened up for rose as well. That the resurrection of Jesus was so powerful, everything felt it. And because of that, there's no denying that Jesus was himself divine, the Son of God. And what's interesting about this resurrection account is that in all the Gospels, we don't have any indication that there was an eyewitness of Jesus actually raising from the grave. But because of this earthquake, we know that everyone felt the resurrection. Easter literally rocked these people. And the people knew that something was different. And it's as if the world was saying, now things are different forever. The world will never be the same. Death doesn't have the last word. But it's the same for us today when we understand the resurrection of Jesus. We may not see the resurrected Savior, but we can feel the effects. It rocks each and every one of us when we wrestle with the idea that Jesus did, in fact, raise from the dead. And it changes our lives forever. 
when we believe it. Even the earth felt the effect of Easter. But we see now in this account this angel who descended from heaven. And even this angel had the effects of Easter felt upon him. That, that he came down, he uh, uh, rolled the, the stone away at the tomb and sat upon it. And we also read that his appearance was like lightning. That his clothes were white as snow. This, that this angel reflected the glory of the resurrection and shared in this moment of triumph over the grave. Now, angels appeared many times in the Old Testament, and usually with this kind of uh, a scene, that there's this glowing radiance, that there's this awesomeness to it. But this instance was different. It was accompanied with the earthquake, and, and this angel came with a specific purpose, to point people to the resurrected Savior and to share and the triumph. And this is what's important here, is that this angel rolled away the tomb, not to let Jesus out, but to illustrate that Jesus had already left. And he sat upon the stone. Now, people of great power in this time sat for a reason. It's to illustrate that the work was done. And the angel sat on the stone of a dramatic, as a dramatic statement of the supernatural triumph of Easter that day. The work was complete. Death was defeated. And sin no longer holds chains in people's lives. Now, the last time an angel appeared in the New Testament, before this moment, was at the beginning of the gospel. And the message of the angel then to the people was, don't be afraid, for a Savior is coming. And to the shepherds, go to the manger and see where he lay in swaddling cloth. And now he says to the women, don't be afraid. Jesus is risen. Go to the tomb and see the cloth he left behind. The work of Christ on this earth, his mission was complete. And the angel gets to share in the glory of Easter. Now the effects of Easter are, are clear and abundant, but really the effects that are important uh, in, in our story is, is how it affected the people. And that's really the mission of Jesus, is, is the people. He came for me and you. He came to save mankind. And we see first an effect on the guards that were there. That the guards were so afraid of the angel, they shook, and they became like dead men. We see the guards represent the people who don't have a faith, who don't have a love or respect of Jesus. But even those who had no fear or respect of Jesus felt the effects of the resurrection. And so there they were laying on the ground in the fetal position, maybe sucking their thumbs, terrified of what they had just seen. They were as dead men themselves. But it's important to remember why these guards were there. Now, they weren't standing guard over the grave in honor. They were put up by the priests, that the priests and the Pharisees knew what Jesus said. They knew that Jesus told everyone that he was going to raise from the grave in three days, and they didn't want to take any chances with this. So they convinced Pilate to lend them some Roman guards to stand watch over the tomb. And they, they tried a couple of things. You know, the, the stone that's rolled over the tomb was common of many tombs, but they went one step further 
And they put a seal on the tomb to show if anyone would have tampered with it. And they put the guards in front of the tomb because they didn't want the disciples to come and steal the body and make it look like Jesus had risen from the dead. They weren't anticipating that Jesus would, in fact, raise from the dead. But they were there to prevent anything that would look like it. Well, I believe this is a blatant miscalculation of who it was they were up against. Jesus was, in fact, the Son of God. Death wasn't going to stop him. Certainly these guards weren't going to stop him. But isn't that the way of the world? Slap a few plans together, scrap some things in place, and that ought to stop God, right? Well, these two men who were guarding this dead man became like dead men themselves. They feared for their very lives. But God wasn't there to take their lives. Jesus came to save their lives. And that's where everyone, regardless of where they're at, whether they love and respect Jesus or they don't, Jesus came to save them, and they have the opportunity to put their faith in him. For the guards, for the priests and the Pharisees, their plan failed. Jesus was victorious. And so it's time for plan B. They went back to the priests and the Pharisees and, and shared all that happened, and they said, well, why don't you just tell them the disciples stole the body and we'll give you this large sum of money. And the guards obliged. They fabricated a story that Matthew tells us worked for a lot of Jews of that day. And even today, some people believe that. But ultimately, as we know, it didn't work. Because we're here today celebrating the truth of the resurrection. And it goes to show the effect of Easter, the effect of the resurrection, is that there's many earthly powers there's many people, there's many forces of hell that try to stop Jesus, that try to stop the power of the resurrection, but they can't. The stone was rolled away, the guards were collapsed. Jesus was not there. Jesus was alive. And with him rests all glory, power, and authority. Nobody can stop God no power could stop Jesus from raising from the dead. Jesus always wins. But we see a positive effect that this resurrection had on the women. These were the faithful, those who loved Jesus. And in this account, we read of the two Marys, but it's actually more women that were at the, the graveside. And these were women who came initially... Um, dejected and downtrodden, but they left with joy. And these are women that stuck with Jesus through the thick and the thin. They attended to his needs all throughout Galilee. They heard him speak many times. They saw many of his miracles. They were the ones that followed him from a distance to the cross and were there even at the point of his death. Then they followed him to the tomb to see where he lay. And now they're coming back early on the morning after the Sabbath to anoint his body. Their intention was to send Jesus off in this bit of closure that they would anoint his body for death. They were expecting Jesus to be there. But we see that the effect of Easter is that they left completely changed. These women who loved Jesus were changed forever by the resurrection. And we see this account that they had with the angel, there's interaction. That though the women were there to anoint this dead body, the angel said to the women, do not 
be afraid. For I know that you're looking for Jesus, who was crucified, but he's not here. He's risen, just as he said. So come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. This isn't what they're expecting to see. It's an interaction that was well out of their frame of mind, but it had a profound effect on them. Now, what's important about this to know is that if you're making up this story about Jesus being raised from the, the grave, you wouldn't have women as the first to hear about it and see him as the resurrected Savior. In this society, women were marginalized, they were minimalized, and their testimony had no value. Yet in all four Gospels, the women were the first at the scene. They're the first to know that Jesus was risen. They're first to see the risen Savior. It would have been completely out of place for all four Gospel writers to make this up and put the women there. And this goes to show the validity of what happened that morning. This was true. And the women truly encountered a risen Jesus, and it changed them forever. And the first effect we see on these women is that they came to the tomb dejected, mourning, but they ran away from the empty tomb filled with joy. It changed their very being, all of what they were. And they saw, as they came to the tomb, the glory of the Lord reflected by this angel. They felt the earthquake they witnessed the empty tomb in their hurried away, and with a strange mixture of emotions, we see that they are afraid, yet filled with joy. I think it shows, it illustrates the true humanity of these women. I think it's a similar experience all of us would feel that the dominant feeling was joy that Jesus had risen, but mixed with a bit of fear. Fear is something that we all deal with. And even though the angel told them, don't be afraid, they were still a bit afraid. After all, there's these two big, burly Roman guards who are laying on the ground, shivering in fear, and the women are standing before them. I'd say they're actually doing pretty well. But I think aside from the brilliance of this angel that they might be afraid, perhaps they're just wrestling through these confusions that this wasn't what they're expecting to see. They didn't understand all that was happening yet, but they still ran with joy. They still knew Jesus had risen from the grave, and all would be revealed to them soon. It's a perfect illustration of how we deal with life, a mixture of many emotions, and not understanding everything we're going through, but living with faith and joy in the meantime. And we can say we're not afraid of things, but at some level, all of us are afraid of something. But when we encounter Jesus, our fear diminishes. And we begin, as we grow closer to Jesus, to live with less and less fear until one day we see Jesus face to face where there is no more fear, there's no more worries, no more pain, and no more sadness but they're filled with joy immediately at the sight of this empty tomb, even while they're wrestling with their confusion. But soon they would encounter the presence of Jesus, the risen Savior, face to face. Verse 9. 
that they're on this road to Galilee, not expecting to see Jesus. They're going to talk to the disciples. But suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, they clasped his feet, and they worshipped him. In the presence of a risen Jesus stirred their hearts to worship. And we see the fear melting away. Now it was amazing to see the angel speak. It was amazing for them to feel the earthquake and see the empty tomb. But this was something greater that they just simply were not expecting. And they ran to Jesus and they worshipped him. I think it's kind of funny that the, the uh, word Jesus used here is kind of nonchalant. Oh, greetings. <laughs> Fancy seeing you guys here. <laughs> but they're amazed at the sight of the risen Savior. And the last time they saw him was hanging on the cross and being placed in the tomb. But now he's alive in front of their very eyes. Now this was new for them. The concept of a risen Jesus that Easter morning but it's kind of normal for us. Sometimes we forget how amazing that is. Jesus rose that day. He was alive that day, but he's been alive every day since. And the same Jesus we encounter is the risen Jesus. And when you encounter him, it stirs our heart to worship, to adore him. Every day for us is good news because Jesus rose from the grave. And good news is meant to be shared. And that's the last effect that Easter morning had on these women. That before they were attempting to complete their duty to Jesus, to kind of wrap it up and find that closure by anointing his body, but now they've encountered him, and he's given them a new commission. He's given them a new purpose. And that their service continues to Jesus. He told them, these marching orders, again, don't be afraid, and go tell my brothers, go tell the disciples in Galilee that they will see me there. He entrusted and commissioned these women to share the good news with the disciples. And we know it worked, because as we see later in the Gospels, that they did go to Galilee and they saw Jesus there. That the disciples then got their marching orders to share with the world, and those people shared with others and in others, ultimately until today. Someone shared it with you. And now we're given the same commission as we experience the joy of a risen Savior to share that with others. But it started with these group of women sharing the good news of a risen Savior with the disciples. That's where we see the resurrection isn't just a nice story. It's something that affects all of us by giving us a new purpose that we experience the same joy, the same worship, and the same commission to share the good news of a risen Savior. And those are the ripple effects of Easter and the resurrection, that through the centuries, it continues to impact the world today. And it impacts me and you. And that's the last bit I want to touch on today, that Easter continues to have an effect on us We say he is risen, he is risen indeed, but we sometimes forget the significance that has, the profound impact in our life. And the first is that we know if Jesus raised from the grave, that he kept his promise. And the effect is that we can now live in faith knowing that God always keeps 
his word. Now, as you read through the story, especially the interaction with the disciples, you almost have to chuckle a little bit because they were all shocked and confused to see Jesus walking around after he died. Even though for years, Jesus told them that's exactly what was going to happen. Even the angel said he rose from the dead just as he said he would. And that's the greatest promise displayed by Jesus that morning. That if he promised he would raise from the dead, that he will keep any other promise in our life. But you know, we sometimes shall sell God short just like the disciples did, just like the women did, just like anyone who saw him living and surprised to see him living at the time. God gives us so many promises to hold on to, and yet we live in this fear and this worry of the what if. What if he doesn't do what he says he will do? What if this thing happens to me? What if this thing doesn't happen to me? And we, we start to wrestle with these worries and these doubts, and it overtakes our whole minds and our souls and our hearts. And essentially what you do when you worry is you worship your problems. It consumes you. You, you start to wrestle day in and day out of the what-ifs. Well, that's not faith. Because we know there's many things in this life that aren't going to make sense. There's many things that are going to be hard. But faith for us is telling us that even if, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it's difficult, even if it doesn't go to our plan, we can live in faith knowing God always keeps his word. If Jesus rose from the dead, if he kept that promise, if he conquered death and paid the price for our sins, he's already taken care of life's greatest problem. Now we need not fear the rest. And we can live in faith, even if we believe God will keep his promises. That's peace that we experience. And, and the Bible tells us that if we bring all of those worries and anxieties to God, that he will give us his peace that passes all human understanding, that that peace will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. We can live with peace as we have faith in God. And that's the peace only a risen Jesus can offer. That's the ripple effect of Easter in our lives. And as that becomes our lifestyle, we can live in hope. That helps us to persevere through the most difficult moments of life. Now, consider the scene here that morning. They thought Jesus was gone. They thought the movement was over, that they were by themselves. They're at it all alone. This is a dark moment. But hope is a bold confidence in God that no matter how it feels in the moment, no matter what circumstances you're facing, that God will continue to work exactly as he promised to do. And what we learn from the resurrection story is that we can keep hope when times are dark. And there are hardships in this life. There are confusions in this life. But we can have hope in God through it all. And the Bible tells us that this hope in God does not disappoint us. The book of Hebrews talks a bit about hope. That this hope of, in Christ is like an anchor for the soul. It keeps us firm 
and secure through the greatest storms of life, that we can hold unswervingly to this hope, the hope we profess in Jesus, knowing that he who promises is faithful. And that hope changes us. That hope changes the world as a type of hope not offered anywhere in the world, but only through the risen Savior. And so as we revere Christ as Lord in our hearts, the Apostle Peter tells us that we should always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope you have. Because they're not going to find it anywhere else but in the risen Savior. We can live with confidence, with hope in God. And that's the difference between any hope of this world, which will falter, it will fail you. It's the difference between the hope of this world and the hope in a risen Savior. The confidence that he will never fail us. If he didn't give up on the cross, if he did not fail in his battle with death, he will not fail you now. The hope never fails. That's Hope only a risen Savior can give, and that's the ripple effect of Easter in your life. And last, most importantly, and really the first point of all this, is that because he rose from the grave, we can live in him, receiving the gift of eternal life through faith. This is the beginning of it all. This is salvation, and this is why Jesus came to earth. This is why he hung on the cross, and why he rose from the grave, to conquer death for you. Have you ever wondered why Jesus had to die? I mean, he came and did a lot of amazing things, but why did he have to die? Well, it's important for you to understand that the death he died was not his. It was yours. We all deserve death for having sin in our lives. We're told that the wages of sin is death. With death comes a great penalty. And that penalty is eternal death. But Jesus came faultless, without sin, to take your penalty on the cross. He died your death. And when he raised into new life, he conquered that death and extends to you new life in him. That's why we can say with, with great joy, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? Jesus was victorious over the grave so we can live in him and through him. And it's really not too difficult. You know, Steph had a, a great uh, point that I think all of us have struggled with, especially those who do not revere Christ as Lord, that I think everyone kind of understands their sin at some level. And there's different ways we try to wrestle with that, with our conscience. And in some ways, as we might compare ourselves to others and say, well, I know I made a mistake, but I'm not as bad as that guy, Right? Or maybe I've, I've done a lot of good things in my life to kind of cover up or, or balance up the scales. And other times you just try to ignore your sin or pretend like it doesn't happen. But the fact is, it doesn't make you a, a terrible person if you've sinned. It makes you a person. Every person has sinned. But the beauty is, if you recognize your sin, it doesn't have to be who you are. In Jesus, it can be who you were. That he gives you new life that you no longer are bound by the shackles of sin and you can experience the freedom in him, the freedom that lives, that, that leads to eternal life. And the Bible tells us very simply that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, 
And that just means you recognize that Jesus is the Son of God. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. It really comes down to faith. It's quite simple. Just admit that you've sinned. Acknowledge that you need help. Something you cannot do, but something only Jesus did. And cry out to him. Confess him as Lord. Believe in him. And know that he was risen from the dead for your sins. That offer is for all of us. And, and shortly before Jesus went to the cross, he had an amazing miracle where he raised his friend Lazarus from the dead. And Lazarus' sister Martha was really wrestling through what Jesus was about to do. This whole resurrection thing was confusing for everyone. But when he was raising Lazarus from the dead, she was, she was not sure Jesus could do it. But Jesus told her this shortly before that miracle. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And he said to her, do you believe this? Essentially what Jesus is saying is, do you believe I am who I say I am? Do you believe I can do what I said I would do? And Jesus asked that of Martha, the sister of Lazarus, shortly before he raised Lazarus from the dead. But now it's the same question I want to ask all of you. Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus raised from the dead? A very enthusiastic yes. But it's the question that we all have to answer. Do you believe that Jesus is who he said he was? Do you believe that he did what he said he would do? Do you believe that he died your death? That he rose to new life to share that life with you? It's a question every person must answer. And if you say yes and you believe in him, then you receive the gift of eternal life. If you say no, then you stand before him on judgment day only by your own merits. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing you can do to outdo the penalty of your sin. Only Jesus can do that for you. Only Jesus gives you new life. That's the ripple effect of Easter. The true ripple effect is that we can live in him. That we can take him at his word. That we can believe that Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. And our lives are forever changed. If you believe that, the effect, the ripple effect of Easter has reached you too.